Welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Katherine Perry, and I'm so excited for our aura reading today on this waxing moon and also with the black moon. So I have this app that just tells me, you know, what the moon phase is, what sign the moon is in. I'm not an astrologer, but I just I'd like to pay attention and know. And for whatever reason today, it's a waxing moon, you know, because this is right after not right after, but a little bit after the new moon, and then the full moon will be coming up soon. But then I guess because the sun has shifted into Scorpio and the moon is in Taurus, it's like it's not completely a new moon because the black moon is like the second. If there's like two new moons in one month, the second is like the black moon or something. So, yeah, I think the uh, the moon is in Taurus and the sun is is in Scorpio, but it is still technically a waxing moon. So I thought it would be cool to honor both those. So happy black moon and happy waxing moon. So before we get started with our aura healing for today, every single time before we do this, I like to take the time to just take a couple of deep breaths and set the intention. And then we will get started. We have some beautiful, beautiful cards for the waxing black moon, whatever it is that you want to honor, whatever it is that you want to call it. That's all good. That's cool. Um, But let's just, yeah, take a couple of seconds. If you need more time, as always, feel free to just pause it. I only take a couple of deep breaths and then we will get started. Just setting up the space, setting your intention. You know, what is it that you want to call in? What is it that you want to clear out? What is it that you might want to release? What is it that you want to share space with? Take the time to, you know, set that now. Okay, perfect. So if you're new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. I've been finding that these aura healing, you know, mini ceremonies on, you know, the key phases of the moon. They've been so beautiful and so magical in terms of healing. So I'm excited to continue today. And let's start. So actually this aura, usually they have about six archetypes. I mean, they can have as many as you want. You could literally, and I've only done um, one like this, but you could include all 78 if you wanted to there are 78 archetypes total in the deck usually I work with about six and today we're going to work with eight and it just depends you know certain dimensions of the aura you know stand out to me pop out to me and that's how I just I just know you know what information is meant to come through today we're going to start with the gem and I love it when new not new they're not new to me but new to you If you've ever listened to this podcast before, I've never talked about the gem, you know, so this is new, you know, for everyone. And so I'm excited to bring it on board. The gem is a beautiful card. So the gem in a nutshell is your unique gift. And this is within and I love this because it's within the personal. um, Yeah, the personal part of the aura within this overall aura. So this is paying extra especially. Right now, during the black moon, I'm just going to call it that for simplicity, because I feel like if I said like black waxing moon every single time, I would just confuse myself. So, um, yeah, so right now, during this (laughs) time of the moon, it's really, really especially important to pay attention to just what is your gift and recognizing, you know, what and by the way, that could mean a lot of different things. And the beautiful thing about, you know, the gem translating to the gift as an archetype is that your gift can express in so many different ways and it has so many different dimensions. So 
the beautiful part about the gem, and I think that's going to be revealed, you know, within how this aura seems to be moving, is that you don't just go and discover the gem once. You know, it's not like you only have, it's not like you necessarily only have one gift to give or like there's only, it's not like a, it's not like a linear process where it's like a treasure hunt of some sort. It's not like you're digging, you're digging, you're digging, and then you uncover the gem and then that's it, you know? No. Once you, once you start to become aware of what your gift is or, and it's a little bit different than the offering. The offering is a, is a little bit of a different card. Um, this, these are like your natural talents, your natural gifts in an archetypal sense. So they can be expressed in so many different ways, you know? So, uh, what's a good tangible example? So for me, mine involves my voice, you know, my, my gem largely involves my voice. So, you know, if one day I was like, I don't want to do podcasting anymore, that's totally fine. I can use my voice in other ways. So, that's an important part to note about the gem is that it's not time or space specific. So a time or space specific example of the gem would be like, my gift is podcasting or my gift is being a lawyer or um, my gift is cutting the grass or my gift is spend like, you do know what I mean? It's something that you can access. Your gem is something that you can access anytime, anywhere. I'm never disconnected from my voice unless I choose to be disconnected from it. But my voice, you know, that power that's always with me. You know what I mean? And there are just so many different ways in which you can express yourself. But that's what I would want you to know about the gem is that it's not something that goes away, you know, with space or time. So it's not something where if you move, you don't have the gem anymore. Or it's not something that as you grow older, you don't have the gem anymore. You know, it's something already very much a part of you that you need to be paying attention to. So that is where we're going to start our aura today is with the gem. And I love the rest of the cards with respect to the gem. They all seem to feed into the message of the gem really, really well. We're not going to hop away from it just that just yet, though, because I what's worth noting about the gem and on my website for every single episode that I post, I post a picture of the cards so that way if you want to see them for yourself, you can. This card really, really stood like stood out to me visually when I was originally unboxing the deck and just, you know, swiping through the cards. I didn't know anything about them. This one really, really jumped out to me because it's this beautiful, you know, multifaceted, has a ton of faces, this crystal, and it's very, very bright. You know, there are certain cards in this deck where they have very, very bright, very, very luminous, vibrant colors, you know? So that gem, there's like a large gem in the center with a bunch of different colors. And then the rest of the card is black and white. And I really, really love that because it provides this, just this beautiful sacred contrast. And so how that translates into the story of the gem is that, you know, when we are discovering different dimensions of the gem, different expressions of the gem, you know, in order to kind of piece the puzzle together, the gem is not usually found in comfortable places. Not always, you know. I feel like there are more and more conversations about evolving through love and evolving, you know, with ease and grace. And that's possible. That's 100% possible. I don't know why I just paused there. Like I, like I had to like think about it. Um, that is 100% a thing. However, the gem is not necessarily about evolving through difficult situations or anything like that, because I think that that time is over. You know, you can evolve through, again, love, ease, and grace, you know? I used to believe that the only way, you know, in order to learn more about myself, to go deeper, was through very, very difficult, very, very painful experiences. And I'm really, really glad I just let that go, because there was just one point in my life where I was like, I don't need to do this this way anymore. You know, I'm kind of done, you know, as much as possible. It's not like you have that kind of control, but like there was like a weird part of me that was like seeking out difficult experiences just so I felt like I could evolve deeper into myself. And it just doesn't have to be done that way. You know, you don't have to be constantly looking, you know, and bring difficulty and hardship into your life on purpose. You know, you can evolve 
you know, easefully, gracefully, and through love. However, the only thing that the gem is saying that those ease, you know, those loving experiences, they just might not be what you're used to. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, you know, there's getting outside of your comfort zone and you can genuinely be, and I don't know if like, I feel like not enough people talk about this and understand that you can get outside of your comfort zone and, you know, just move out of it. And it doesn't have to be crazy difficult and it doesn't have to be crazy hard or painful. You know, that's a big message from this card, too, is that you can uncover different facets. You can uncover different expressions. You know, you can do so many different things with the gem and it does not have to be. Oh, this goes really well with the temple, actually. A really good example, the temple and the creator. So, um, well, yes. Okay, so there are two other cards in this. uh, Well, there are like seven others, but the two other cards that are jumping out now in conjunction with the gem are the temple and the creator. So the temple, well, the creator is a little bit easier. So the creator and the gem is just being creative and playful, you know, with respect to, you know, how you treat your inner gem, you know, how you treat your gifts, just being, just having fun, you know, there's not enough of that. I feel like sometimes even I can be such a serious person and take everything so seriously. Uh, one of my major teachers at the moment is the comic, which also has not come up on this podcast yet. That's the card. That's really the card of just like, do not take life so seriously and just take your, take your head out, you know, just like, of just like take your ego out and just like, take a large, like the largest step back and just like being able to find the humor in anything and everything. That's more of the comic. But the creator is just right now it's giving off this vibe of just like having fun, you know, especially in conjunction with the gem, having fun, just being creative, you know, not having such also rigid expectations of what creativity is. And just, again, playing around with however you want to like, However it is that you connect to, you know, your creativity, your inner creator, that that's like one of my favorite cards, actually. When I was first starting out, that was one of the first cards that came through was the creator. That's what the gem and the creator are, you know, just getting creative with how you can discover your gifts, different dimensions, you know, being imaginative, being explorative. That's the creator and the gem. And then the temple and the gem goes back to what I was speaking about earlier with respect to how you don't necessarily, again, need to uncover different aspects, different forms of your inner gem through extremely difficult experiences. That does not necessarily mean that, you know, everybody's life is going to be like smooth sailing all the time. I think we all know that that's not true. Um, But it's just to say that you don't, it's not a requirement. It's not a prerequisite. It doesn't mean that it won't happen, but it's not a prerequisite for understanding the gem inside of you. And I love the temple because the first download that ever came to me through the temple was just treating your world as a sacred space. And that's a beautiful way to access the gem. Also, you know what? The gem, the animal, and the vessel. So these cards are playing off of each other in a moving in a very, very interesting way. So the temple and the gem speaks to, you know, you can, let's just say you're the gem. All these cards are infinite dimensional. You know, there are infinite ways of expressing the gem within you, infinite, you know, ways to get to know the gem within you. A part of accessing, you know, those unknown dimensions could be just treating the world as your sacred space. So no matter where you are, That is your sacred space to get to know the gem inside of you. So if you're like in the line at the grocery store or if you are just uh, in a car, if you're driving, if you're not driving, if you're just on a walk, if you are snowboarding somewhere, if you are just spending time with your friends and family, you know, all of those seemingly mundane moments can be transformed into sacred spaces with the energy of the temple. You know, and the temple is it's this challenge to transform the world into that sacred space. You know, the temple speaks to, you don't just have to go to a specific place or a specific, you know, building like a church, a synagogue or a literal temple. 
in order for, you know, you to access the God, the source, the spirit within you, or it doesn't, or like, that's actually a good way of explaining it too. You know, any traditional form of religious temples or religious, you know, expressions of the archetype, the temple, like I said, churches, um, synagogues, actual temples, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all of those places, ashrams, you know, all of those seemingly historical spiritual places, you know, this is like the temple is the card of like not having such a rigid approach to spirituality. And that's so that's actually the temple and the creator together. You know, the they seem to be playing off of each other in that way. So the temple and the creator says just getting creative with whatever your spiritual practice is. Sometimes I don't even like using that word anymore because it's just been like not ruined, but it's being so overwhelmed with how, you know, what seems to be attached to it. The creator in the temple is just like, don't be so rigid and don't be so fixed with whatever your spiritual practice is, you know, whatever you define as spirituality, get creative, you know? And it's also knowing that spirituality is everywhere. That's actually kind of the temple, the animal, and the vessel. So the vessel is understanding it's it's the download that no matter where you are or what you're doing everything around you is a vessel for spirit you know and different people different plants different animals everything that is in your present moment's awareness right now everything that you can see everything that you can't see is spirit guiding you in some way shape or form so the temple and the vessel go really, really well together in terms of transforming this world into your sacred space. And the more you can look at it in that way. So I love this meditation where, you know, sometimes I'll just sit and then just name the different dimensions of spirit all around me. You know, it's like, it's just my, that's associated a little bit more with the lover. Um, The lover archetype gave me that meditation, but it just, it really, really helps me to see the abundance around me. Speaking of abundance, let's look at the animal. So the animal, the animal is the I am nature card. That's understanding that, you know, we are not separate from nature. And I say that it's the abundance card because there is no end to nature. There is no end to nature. You know, we have the ability to create more life, to channel more life through us. Um, We have you know, all of the elements within us, we have air, our breath, uh, fire, our spirit, earth, the body. I'm like forgetting one. That's really bad. What is the last one? Uh, I said earth, air, fire, water. Um, You get the gist. I said water, blood, earth, body, fire, spirit. Oh, I did say all of them. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, that's understanding that, you know, abundance is all around us and within us simultaneously. And I also really love that goes like with all of these cards. So, so the animal is kind of, it's one of these cards. It's kind of like an amplifier card. So the animal, the temple and the vessel speaks to, there is an abundance of spirit all around us, you know, every single last, and I mean, every last thing within this universe, everything's like, if, even if you're like, not about that, everything's made of energy, every last thing, you know? So whether you believe that energy is just, you know, scientific energy, whatever, or you believe that it's spirit, the animal and the vessel really speaks to, there is an, there's an emphasis on that. There's an abundance of spirit everywhere. And then the animal and the temple is a slightly different flavor of that, which says that everything you're, opportunity, the abundance of sacred spaces that's everywhere as well. So the animal in the temple, you can transform your, you can transform anywhere into a temple and even the places and the animal especially speaks to, you know, there is abundance in places you didn't even think that there was. So when I was younger, uh, I'm, I really, really love being around nature. I've always, especially when I was really young, I always dreamed of living in a place where there was plenty of nature 
because at the time I didn't understand that, you know, I was nature, you know? So for me, I was like, I could never live in a place like New York City where there's only like Central Park and, you know, it, there's just like, you know, people call it the concrete jungle. And I was like, I'll, I'll feel so disconnected, you know, from nature there. There's not really a forest in sight or, you know, I would have to go out to like Prospect Park, Prospect Park. I don't know why I said it like that um, out in Brooklyn. If I, you know, I, you know, I was I don't know why I was thinking about all this stuff. It might have been because my sister, her dream is like living in New York City. That might have changed since she moved to Canada and like Canada, Vancouver and Toronto. I love those cities. Um, So does she very, very much. But that was like her dream at the time was to move to New York City. And I was like, how could you do that? There's no nature in New York City. I could never live there. And it's like a silly example. But what the animal points to is that at the time I didn't understand that, you know, just me being with me and being with my body, you know, my body is nature in itself. So as long as I'm connected to body, my body, I'm always connected to nature. And that wasn't something I learned. It's some, it's one of those things also, that's a good example of, that can be one of those things that you hear, but unless you really, really understand it and know it, it's almost meaningless. You know, I've had so many people say like, you know, your breath is air and your body is, you know, earth and your water is your blood and, you know, fire is your spirit and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, great. You know, and I heard it, but I didn't really understand it for myself. So the animal in general, just on a higher level, is understanding that, you know, people can tell you, people can tell you whatever they want. You know, I can tell you whatever I want. You know, during this reading, I can say a bunch of crap and I could literally, I could say anything. And, you know, it means something to me and you might hear it and be like, oh, I really like that. But the animal also on the level of the body speaks to you really need to, and it doesn't have to be feel it, but you kind of have to embody it yourself. You know, I'm a really big feeling person. So for me, yeah, feeling it is absolutely essential. But that could be, you know, representative of you can know it in your soul. You could, you know, just you could see it, you know, if you're like clairvoyant or anything like that. That's what that speaks to is basically you just need to embody it in some way, shape or form so that you really know it in your body and in your soul. You know, there is no that's like the card of you have there is no like skipping. There's no shortcuts, you know, and people like I said, I've been hearing like you are nature like hammered into my head for, you know, who knows how long. And it wasn't really until, you know, an aura reading that I did not too, too long ago where I was like, aha, you know, I find that was like a weird sound. Sorry. I like, I realized I was about to get really, really loud. And I was like, please take it down a notch. That's not going to sound pretty. But I was like, aha, you know, I, I get it, you know, and I really get it for myself. So that's also a part of the animal, a really, really core part of the animal. And honestly, just understanding, you know, the abundance that's all around you. I feel like that's a really good example. You know, people can tell you, that there is so much abundance around you. There is so much opportunity. You know, there are so many different ways, you know, the animal in the temple, you know, to really, really love and really just to love spirit, to love God. There's infinite opportunities to do that. You need to know that, you know. And also with the animal in the temple, there's a little bit jumping out at me in terms of, you know, you need to make that like a practice, you know. So the temple Within the linear third dimensional story of the temple, you know, people regularly go to church or people, you know, regularly go to temple. And it's not necessarily about, oh, you need to start going to church every single Sunday. No, you know, but there is a beauty in that ritual in general, you know. That's actually also a good example. So in my past, I'm like, I used to see people, you know, developing and coming up with these really, really beautiful rituals. And I would try out a couple of them and, you know, they were in somebody else's language. And I was like, I just don't feel connected to this in the same way, you know, that it seems like everybody around me is. Or even when I would go to church, you know, when I was younger, I went to church. I went to church with both of my parents. Um, 
even when they were no longer together, you know, my dad took me to church and then my mom took me to church. And the interesting thing about me going to church at that time, well, not really, not, there was nothing interesting about me going to church. Um, that was like a pretty normal thing around here. Um, the interesting thing for me about what I would observe in church was that I just felt like I was missing something. You know, I would look around at the, you know, during the service, everybody seemed to just be, you know, enthralled. Everybody seemed to be totally immersed in the experience and everybody just seemed to be connected, you know, in a way that I didn't necessarily feel yet. And so with respect to the, that's like the animal in the temple a little bit is in order to really, you know, tap into the abundance that God, source, spirit, you know, the universe really has to offer, you kind of have to develop your own practice and your own way, you know, of figuring that out. And that goes really well with the creator as well, you know, really getting creative with whatever that is and just understanding. And then actually let's swing back around to the gem a little bit you know, realizing that that'll likely be very, very unique to you. You know, it's not going to look like anybody else's. So even two people, you know, sitting, you know, at the church services I used to go to as a kid, they were probably having two very, very different experiences. You know, they relate to God in two totally different ways. You know, they have different relationships with God, which is very, very beautiful, you know, but they found their own way. Even though they were at the same place at the same time, that does not mean that the ritual was the same for them because their connection was just different. And it's not something that like, again, I could tell you all of this, but you kind of have to develop your own rituals in order to know, you know? So that, I love that the animal brings about this, you know, it's very, very important to embody your practices and to understand on a like a body and soul level, you know, again, like feeling it, knowing it, whatever it is that, you know, however it is that you connect, you just have to embody it for yourself. You know, no one can really, those people that are constantly talking about this world is filled with abundance. You constantly have abundance. You know, I don't know why that, that example just seems to be coming through a lot lately. People can tell you that all the time, but unless you know or you see it, or like you just, you have that experience for yourself. The animal is like, you have that experience for yourself. No one can tell you anything, you know, you have to know that for yourself. And that's also an important part of the gem too, bringing out a different dimension of the gem, which is to say that, you know, with respect to the gem, don't be looking around, you know, at like what everybody else is doing, you know, the gem in the temple Don't look around at, you know, how everybody treats the world as a sacred space. You know, you don't need to be, that's like in a weird way, none of your business, you know? So however people, you know, relate to this world, that's up to them, you know, and it's almost more powerful. It is more powerful to just figure that out for yourself, you know? So if somebody, and also we can play off of one another. So there is a, there is the mentor over there. I say over there. It's in the aura. Um, the aura, the mentor is in here too. So the mentor is the, it's the guide, it's the teacher, it's the sage card. And what's beautiful about the mentor coming in right now is that it's the understanding that we can play off of one another and we can, you know, again, the mentor and the creator and the gem, um, the, so actually that goes, those three go really well together. So the creator is, it, it is the card of, you know, creativity, you know, on like a surface level. And that's really beautiful. However, it's also the card, rather, it is the card of co-creation, you know? So the creator on within like the third dimensional respect is, you know, very, very creative. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying creative a lot. Um, And I I say creative just because, you know, saying artistic or anything like that implies that there is a certain way to be creative. And I that's just not true. You know, there's so many different ways in which you can be creative. And that's why I love that the creator represents this overall co-creative process. So keep that in mind. So the creator and the mentor speaks to you know, not just necessarily, okay, so I've talked about this before. One 
of my favorite reasons for, you know, setting up the imaginal space, you know, doing this podcast is to demonstrate there are so many different ways to be creative and you can learn from other people. But at the end of the day, this world is your interface, you know, again, speaking to the animal, the vessel and the temple for being creative and for developing your own co-creative relationship. So, you know, for example, all of the teachers that I deeply admire They've all had mentors. They've all had teachers. You know, they've all had people to inspire them. And I believe that mentors, they can inspire you in so many different ways. You know, you can either look at them and be like, I 100% agree with everything that you're saying. Let me learn more. Or they can show up to you. Like, your men- the mentor is also everywhere. So, speaking of, you know, the mentor, the vessel, and the animal, that's just everywhere, everywhere that you go, everything is a teacher. Everything is showing you something. So, even if it's something that you're like, oh, I totally align with that. Or if um, you're looking at something else and you're like, that really pisses me off. That's still your mentor. That's still your teacher because it's 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 guiding. It's, it's like a compass. You know, it's guiding you, you know, how you react. And that's what I'm talking about with the creator and this co-creative process. You know, however you feel about something, you know, whatever it is that you're sensing, that's information. You know, so whether it's information in terms of I really love what that person had to say or I couldn't disagree more with what you had to say, that's still information and that's guiding you to, you know, what it is that your gift may be. And also we have the sword here. So that's one of the last two cards. So the sword is the card of getting clear and cutting to what is essential, you know, so that is, it's also the card of redefining yourself in your own vision. And I love the sword and the creator together because the sword, you would think of it as like a, I'm, you know, a minimizing, eh, I don't know if that's like the best word, but kind of like a minimizing tool, you know, not necessarily a creation tool, but the more you can chop away of, you know, what isn't yours and get clear on like exactly what is the more creative freedom you have, you know? So the sword and the mentor together, you know, if you are, you're constantly, you know, if you're open to the energies of the animal, the temple, the vessel, and the mentor, you're constantly learning, you know, from the entire world around you. And even within the same person, you know, if you're looking at one person, there could be certain things that they say that you're like, oh my God, that's great. I just, I have the greatest ideas. I'm so inspired by exactly what you have to say. And then, you know, the next day they say something and you're like, wait a minute, um, please repeat that. I didn't hear that correctly. That's, that just doesn't feel right to me. You know, that can show up in the same person. And what that's calling you to do is take the sword, you know, chop away. So think of it as like one of those um, uh, kind of like molding clay or something like that. Um. If you can't tell, I haven't done pottery since I was like in middle school, probably, you know, when you had those um, multimedia art classes and they just, you know, if you were lucky enough, I went to a really nice middle school. They just like they had everything. But, um, you know, one of the units was pottery. And I specifically remember like a metal tool that you could use to, you know, cut out stuff and, you know, shape your pottery. That's kind of like the sword, you know, that's actually like a perfect example you th- you're cutting stuff away but simultaneously you are creating something you're just creating a more well-defined image and maybe you also don't know what it was going to be especially all the way back then i was just i don't even know what i was doing but that's a really really good example of the mentor and so that's what i was saying with you know the mentor and the gem specifically the mentor the sword and the gem is like a perfect combination because it speaks to you know, as you're developing your gift, whatever that is, as you're discovering new dimensions, you know, these three together, make sure that you're not like copying anybody else in the process. As I did not finish saying earlier, I'm all about, you know, bringing back the diversity in people's healing practices, bringing back the individualization, you know, and that's, what this entire spread speaks to, what this entire aura speaks to is bringing back that diversity in all of these archetypes, all of these energies, all of the colors, they really speak to that process. So the gem and the animal, 
you know, realizing that there is an abundance of information around you, you know? And then the gem in the vessel, you know, every, the gem, the vessel and the mentor a little bit too, you know, everything is a vessel for spirit sources all around you and everything is your teacher, you know, that's gem in the temple. Everything is your sacred space, you know, for discovering different dimensions of your gift. And then the sword kind of refining what that is, you know, the gem and the mentor, the gem and the mentor without a little bit of the sword just sprinkled in there that could lead to you just, you know, absorbing everything. You know, the sword is also the archetype of discernment. So the gem and the mentor without any of the sword, you know, without any of those like defining your own boundaries, you know, it's discernment and it's boundaries. So without that, that could lead you to just absorbing everything that something someone has to say And again, the animal, not necessarily embodying it and learning it for yourself, you know, because that will just, that'll just keep the gem, you know, covered, you know, in a literal sense, you need something like the sword to, you know, dig and like cut away to you to reach the gem. So the sword with respect to, you know, discernment and boundaries, the sword is one of the cards in actually, yeah, let's look at the sword and the creator for a second, since the creator is all about co-creation. The sword in the creator really, really speaks to, you know, becoming your own channel so that you can, you know, figure out your own gifts, you know, and a part of, oh, I really love that. Actually, I define channeling in a very different way. If you want to learn more about that, there is an entire page on my website, theimaginalspace.com. It's in the podcast description, um, the website, not necessarily the page, but the page is really easy to find. Um, it's all about, you know, being your own channel and what that means. But in a in a nutshell, I found that one of the ways in which, you know, you can just channel information is with the animal, the vessel, and the temple. Let's just look at those three because anything else might get like a little bit overwhelming. But by recognizing the abundance around you, recognizing that everything you see in its third dimensional form has spirit within it and then Every opportunity is an opportunity, every opportunity, um, everywhere that you go is an opportunity to, you know, soak in that sacred information. So it's kind of like if you treated every single moment as, you know, I can read the energy in every single moment and I can, you know, distill that information. That's like the energy of you know, the way that I define channeling is being able to just read the energy wherever you go. And so that is why the sword and the creator is really, really important because, you know, we, I believe we're all channels. I don't believe that like that there's, there's no specific way of doing it. There's no like formula or like, you don't have to be born a certain way. It's just like, we can all do it if we want to, you know, the abundance, the abundance Uh, The abundance within the animal, the vessel, the temple, that's just like a perspective choice. You know, you have the choice to open up those dimensions and open up those worlds in which there is abundance everywhere. You know, if you decide to create that practice. The sword and the creator specifically, you know, speaks to really refining and being discerning with, you know, what your relationship with creation looks like, you know, you know, what is like your language. And that actually goes really well with the gem because a part of the gem and discovering, you know, what your unique gift is, that's a part of just develop, developing and refining your own language, you know? So with the animal, again, there is an abundance of love everywhere. There's an abundance, you know, within you as well. And actually, speaking of the gem and the animal, imagine that those two together say that there is an abundance of dimensions of the gem for you to uncover. Again, you're never done learning more about the gem. You're never done learning about your gifts. You're never done, you know, learning about what makes you you, you know, that's there. That's like an infinite process. You know, again, like I said, it's not just like I dig, I dig, I dig, and then I find it. You know, that's an infinite process that you can choose to take part in. All right. But the last card is the shaman. And I was like, when am I going to bring this in? And this, the shaman and the creator is like, that's such a powerful duo. 
So the shaman is actually made up of three archetypes. There is, I was like, wait, what am I, what am I talking about? Um, yeah, it's the mentor, which actually is in this spread, the healer and the unseen. Those three energies come together to create the shaman. So the shaman isn't necessarily an initiation card, but it is like a, it's a big energy card since there are three energies that come together to create the shaman. And everybody has the shaman as an archetype. You know, we're not all shamans. You know, shamanism is, you know, that's something, that's a practice that we really, and a lineage we really, really need to honor and respect and just, you know, understand that we can't all pop out of the woodwork necessarily, you know, just like claiming that we are shamans. But the shaman is an archetype, um, especially with the creators, a really, really powerful archetype. So, just within the the third dimensional story of the shaman, you know, when I think of three different people, they're very, very different. Um, but I I was thinking about this one day a while ago, you know, when I was looking at my mentors, you know, my mentor is my teacher speaking of the mentor. And there were three in particular that really, really changed my life. And they're all really, really different. But the one thing that they had in common was shamanism. So what I love, it's just so hard to explain, you know, how they move and like how they engage with the world. But actually, I was going to say that's like kind of difficult to explain. But the animal, the vessel, the actually everything, everything that I've been talking about really describes, you know, how it is that they interact with the world. They understand that, you know, they are nature. Nature is a core, you know, center. That's like a center of their practice. That's the animal. They understand that spirit is available everywhere. That's the vessel. They understand that, you know, the entire world is your sacred space. That is the temple. They understand the process of, you know, honoring their teachers. You know, they had teachers that they learned from. That's the mentor, but also using the sword, you know, to have discernment and to, you know, keep whatever it is that they want. You know, whenever they learn something, they keep it. And whenever they see something that, you know, they know is theirs, they keep it. And then anything else goes away. That's the sword. They're all extremely, extremely creative and understand this world as a co-creative interface. That's the creator. And, you know, from all of that, they have the gem. You know, they all, again, they're all connected through shamanism and through that third dimensional story. But they all have really, really unique gifts, which is just, it's insanely beautiful. And that's the nature of the shaman. You know, the shaman is, you know, besides, you know, those other seven cards, the shaman is understanding, you know, honoring your teachers, the mentor, you know, learning whatever it is that you need to learn, you know, you know, understanding that the world is your teacher and that you are constantly learning. You know, the energy of the mentor is really special in that you know, whomever embodies it understands that, yes, they are here. It's like understanding that also, also in general, just understanding, you know, that you are a teacher for everybody else. So you're always simultaneously a teacher and the student. And that's what the mentor looks like in its lightest expression, in its balanced expression, is understanding actually two things, because we're going to look at the mentor and the vessel. Um, two, understanding that you know, we all have something to show one another, kind of like our gem, you know, the mentor and the gem. We all have something to show one another, you know, because we all have that unique gem within us. So, you know, the gem, it's important to say that, you know, there are no two gems alike. None. You know, mine is mine and yours is yours and I can't replicate yours. So that's the mentor and the gem. You know, we all have our gems to show to one another, which is beautiful. And then there is the men, there's the mentor and the vessel, you know, understanding that this, so you have something to offer the mentor and the gem, and then you also are receiving information. So that's the mentor and the vessel and a little bit of the temple sprinkled in, you know, in understanding that this world is your teacher. So it is balancing those energies of, I am a teacher and I'm also a student. And the mentor doesn't forget that. So that's the first of the shaman. 
the shaman archetype. The second energy that, you know, comes together to create the shaman archetype is the healer. And so even though the healer archetype isn't directly, you know, prominent in this aura, it is within the shaman. So anytime that the shaman comes through, I always talk about these three. The healer is just remembering who you are. You know, some people, again, claim, you know, the shaman is like a third dimensional occupation. Some do the same with a healer. The healer is within all of us, though. You know, we can all access our own inner healers and, you know, be our own healers and heal ourselves. You know, we all have that power. The healer is just remembering, you know, who you are. It's a little bit of remembering, you know, your gifts. It's just remembering who you are on a soul level and then spreading that everywhere else. So the, the healer within this context, you know, in terms of the gem and everything else, all of the other energies we've been talking about is that the more you can uncover and understand the gem within yourself, you know, you can and like understand your own process, you know, for uncovering the gem, the more you can do that in other people too, the more you can awaken that capacity in other people and let them know, you know, we all have our own process of doing it. However, it's that potential is always within you, you know? So you might find different rituals. You might find the temple. You might find different ways of understanding that this world is your teacher, the vessel and the mentor. You know, you might have a different way of connecting to the abundance, you know, within you. That's all great. And you don't need to necessarily like sell and package your way to other people. I don't know why, but that's just like a big thing for me, you know, that it kind of, again, it's it's just what I said earlier. It takes away from the individuality in uncovering your gem. You know, when, you know, you have your way and that's sacred to you, that's not going to be the same, you know, for everybody else because we all have different mentors. You know, we all perceive the world in different ways. You know, we all, you know, perceive sacred spaces in different ways. We all think of abundance in a different way. And then again, just sprinkle in some of the creator. We all have different ways of, being creative. You know, this, you know what it is? I love that metaphor because in the same way, we all have different ways of being creative. You know, some people might use their voice. Some people might write. Some people might actually be very, very artistic, you know, and they might paint or they might, I don't know, mold some clay or like do a collage, or they might be architects or they might just, you know, be brilliant family members. You know, those are all different ways of being creative. And there are so many different ways of doing it. No two people's creativity is exactly alike. You know, if you've ever, for me, I used to think I was really not that creative. So, you know, back when I was super, super young and I just didn't understand my personal creativity at all, you know, I would try and like look to, you know, other people's ways of being creative and it just didn't work. Okay. Like my my least favorite unit in English class from what I remember was poetry. That was my least favorite because that was the unit that really, really, you know, called you to discover your own individuality. And, you know, it's it was like the hardest for me because I had no idea what that was. And one time I wrote a poem about a river. okay, because I I literally had no idea what to write about. And I was like, life is like a river. okay? it was really, really bad. All right. But it was only bad. I mean, because I was young, but also because I didn't take the time to discover my own form of creativity. And what that it, that's reflective in our co-creative relationships with the universe, which goes really, really well with the shaman. Because the shaman archetype is like, you need to figure out your own way of connecting to this world. And, you know, that's going to come through the process of, you know, different teachers, different mentors, you know, and different ways of, you know, healing, you know. And then there's the unseen, which is the last, you know, card that comes together to create the shaman. But yes, in the same way that, you know, our creativity is not the same, you know, the creative forces, the creative energies within us, that cannot be replicated. So the creator and the gem, that's the same way in which our own channels and our own ways of perceiving this information. So again, that's the sword. You know, the sword is, again, using, you know, everything, all of the information you have around you to kind of cut away to create your own language so that you can interpret this world in your own way. That's the energy of the sword. And then developing your own co-creative relationship with 
God, source, spirit, creation, universe. That's the creator. Um, but yes, okay. The last card of the shaman is the unseen. And the unseen, that can come in so many different forms. It's not even funny. So, you know, for some people, that's the spirit world. For some people, that's, you know, coming into contact with their ancestors. You know, it's all of the unseen forces that you are aware of and then also that you're not aware of because we can all tap into different unseen dimensions. But that's the last part of the shaman is understanding that those unseen forces are there and that just amplifies, you know, all of the opportunities that you have with everything else in this spread, you know? So the unseen and the gem, you know, understanding that there are just so many other unseen gifts within you that you can tap into, the unseen and the animal. So many unseen, you know, unknown, unknown and unseen, unknown and unseen forms of abundance that you can tap into, you know, the unseen and the vessel, you know, the vessel again is the card of everything around you that you can see and you can touch and you can interact with that source, that spirit, but so are all of the unseen elements that you can and can't see, you know? So if you're looking at that tree outside and you're like, okay, I understand, you know, I understand that that source you know, there's a spirit within the tree or, you know, there are, you know, who knows, you know, what other kinds of entities might be around the tree. They are, you know, vessels for spirit too. your ancestors, you know, those are vessels for spirit as well, you know, so that's the unseen in the vessel. And then the unseen and the temple. That's like a really, really interesting combination because yes, this world is your sacred space, but also all of the other unseen worlds depending on how you want to interpret that, because everybody would have a different interpretation, you know, those are your sacred spaces too. So what came through as a good example is like dreams, you know, in terms of the unseen and the temple. You know, I love, you know, looking at everything that happens in the dream world on a nightly basis. Sometimes I'm better about it. And then sometimes I'm just not. But through, I've learned, let me put it this way. I did not even look in my dreams, like, at all, I want to say. Um, not real. I mean, I've always been a very vivid dreamer, and I've always remembered a lot of my dreams, but I just didn't pay attention to them. I was like, they have no applications whatsoever. You know, so I used to not pay attention to them whatsoever. And the unseen in the temple, you know, points to, you know, what are those unseen realms that you can you know, treat as sacred spaces and the dreamscape, like whatever plane of existence that is, that's a very easy example. And, you know, there are so many others and that's like the fun of it is that it's not just this world. It's not just this earth, you know, that you can possibly, you know, see or touch with your own two eyes or your hands or whatever that you can interact with. That's like physical and tangible. It's all of the unseen realms as well. And then we have, you know, the unseen and the sword, which I was like, wait, what is that? You know, um, those are all of the unseen ways in which, you know, there are so many ways to define, you know, to use discernment and to define your boundaries. So, you know, there are physical boundaries that you can create, like uh, this is my space, like, please don't come over here, you know, like literally drawing a line in the sand. And then, you know, you can also use unseen intelligences, unseen information, you know, the unseen to also refine your channel in a multidimensional way, you know? So I have a couple of like examples, like where that's applied to me personally, but I want you to think about that. And then we have the unseen and the creator. And again, that's, that's such a powerful combination just because, you know, the creative forces, you know, that whatever, whatever you believe this world is, you know, whether it's, whether there is God to you, whether it, there is source to you, whether there is spirit to you or not, you know, because that's always an option too. You know, you, I, I'm like on one side of it, you know, currently, and then you can be on the other side and, you know, we can coexist, you know, and that's, it's like my favorite thing to think about too. Um, but in terms of the unseen and the creator, you know, thinking about all of the unseen forces that you have the opportunity to co-create with if you just name them you know, and if you honor them. And so, and then lastly, we have the unseen and the mentor. And that just speaks to, you know, all of the 
teachers that you are aware of and the ones that you aren't aware of that are constantly shaping you and giving you the opportunity to use the sword to draw on your own boundaries. You know, sometimes we move through the day and we're not really aware of everything, you know, that is shaping us. You know, we're not necessarily consciously using the sword, but we are using it. You know, so someone might say something and we're not even thinking about it. And we have just like a gut reaction, like, oh, what did you say? And then we we just like use the sword automatically, you know? And so that's why I love like the mentor and the vessel specifically because your teachers are everywhere. Whether or not you choose to acknowledge someone as a teacher, it doesn't really matter. You know, they're always there because you're always bouncing off of, you know, one another's energy. You're always learning and you're always refining, you know, so the, that's the mentor, the vessel and the sword together. So all of this, there are a lot of very, very powerful, very powerful cards here. Um, And they really do point to the shaman to me personally, overall, I know I just went through like all of those, you know, cards. Um, The shaman to me points to, it's like a movement card. It's like a very specific way of like moving through the earth. And really what it boils down to is just honoring the abundance of this co-creative process, you know, honoring, you know, the sacredness of this world that we live in and like using it as a way to be creative, you know, understanding our role as, you know, co-creative beings and also as a way to continue to discover and refine the gem. So that's like the shaman. The shaman is It's a very beautiful card. It's a very mysterious card because it's not, it has so much energy, you know, behind it. And it's very, very hard to condense in world, but it's in one word. And, but it is a way of moving, you know, through this world. It's a way of, it's a big interaction card. It's a big card of, you know, how am I interacting with the world? Am I interacting with the world thinking that the world is abundant? Am I interacting with the world you know, in a way that I understand that source is within everyone and everywhere. Am I interacting with the world? And do I understand, you know, in my interactions that every space is sacred? You know, am I constantly using the world as an opportunity to refine my channel? Am I constantly using the world as a space to be creative and to have fun, you know, and to be playful? And that's no matter what, you know, because like I said earlier, you don't necessarily need hard experiences in order to find the gem It's just using what's coming through for this is just using every experience, everything at your disposal possible in order to, you know, discover new dimensions of the gem. And that's up to you. You know, that's speaking of the creator. That's up to you. That's how that's up to how creative that you want to be, you know. So if you want to, you know, invite this all everything that I'm talking about is just it's parallel to how free and how creative can you be, you know, with this space around you. And the shaman is a very, very creative card just in terms of how it interacts with the rest of the world, you know? So all of these are very, very beautiful cards. I love all of this, you know, for the waxing black moon because, you know, whether, I mean, Those two are a little bit contradictory, but they're kind of in the same space of, you know, rethinking, you know, how it is that I interact with the world, you know, how it is that I interact with myself, you know, and taking a deeper look at that is what's really important. And just starting, you know, again, that's why I was like, hmm, black moon waning or waxing moon, whatever, you know, it, that's just to say that we are in the beginning stages of redefining what this looks like, you know, using this world is an, like a creative interface to really discover what our inner gem is. We're kind of in the beginning, you know, stages of that and just like rediscovering and playing around. You know, there's just a very, very new, very, you know, generative energy within this aura that I'm looking at right now. You know, it's all about new opportunity, new opportunity, you know, ways to see abundance new opportunity, you know, in which we perceive source, spirit or not, you know, or just like even understanding that you, you as love is everywhere, you know? So if you're like not a fan of, you know, like God, source, spirit, whatever, I I also love the word love. 
you know, understanding that love and the opportunity to love yourself and the world is also everywhere. That works really well, too. And if none of those work for you, then you can like find your own way with that, you know, and that would be beautiful. You know, that would be awesome if you were like, I don't like any of what Katie said or any of what Catherine said, and I'm just going to do my own thing. <laughs> that is the gem at play, you know, or if you're like, I kind of like what she said here, but I don't know about, you know, the rest of that, you know, that's a sword in the mentor, you know, being discerning. And you know what? That might be where I end. The sword is a very important energy because the animal, again, the amp, the animal is like an amplifier, you know, so that's like amplifying, you know, the amount of abundance around you. That's a lot, you know, that's a lot to be present with 24 seven, you know, and so especially if you're just starting out, you're like, oh, my God, the world is so abundant. Like, let me look around at literally everything everywhere. That's a lot to be paying attention to all the time. So this using the sword to just like, you know, slowly like cut away and like slowly just like using it as a discernment tool in terms of, you know, or like an aiming thing, you know, wherever you point the sword is like whatever you pay attention to. That could be just like a beautiful place to start if that like the idea of the amount of like there's just so much abundance coming through this spread because the animal and the creator. I don't know if I really talked about that. That's saying that, you know, every single opportunity Every single moment is an opportunity, you know, for you to be co-creating, you know, the creator as an archetype is always aware of, you know, the co-creative forces that are at play. That can be extremely overwhelming if you're like, oh, my God, every moment is a is an opportunity for abundance. Every opportunity is a moment to know spirit. Every single opportunity is a sacred space. You know, every, every opportunity, every space is an opportunity to learn you know, to discern, to create and to interact and to know, you know, my gift, that's a lot. Okay. So you cannot, you don't need to like do everything all at once, you know, even just noticing and just beginning to notice and then allowing, you know, the abundance to come through. That's a good place to start. So that's, but yeah, that's what I love about, you know, the fact that this is like a black moon and a waxing moon is that, you know, we are, we're on the begin we're in the beginning, we're redefining, you know, whatever this means to us, you know, learning how to embody it for ourselves. And then we're going to see, you know, where exactly it takes us. So with that, that's perfect. I love it when they end at like an hour, because I feel like that just, that means I did a really good job with timing. So I am, we're going to close out the same way we came in, you know, so the closing out is just a couple of deep breaths to say thank you, you know, thank you to yourself, thank you to, you know, if you called any guides in or if you, you know, called any other unseen entities in, you know, speaking of the shaman and the unseen, um, but yeah, you know what, really quickly, I did say the shaman is like a movement card, it's like, uh, it's an interaction card, because the shaman, it's like, There are infinite, the shaman is the card of, you know what, there are infinite realms, there are infinite possibilities, you know, of existence, you can tap into infinite worlds, you know, create new, it's like the shaman and the creator, in terms of the infinite abundance of the universe, it's like, that's, those two are unstoppable, especially with the animal, and understanding that that potential is within you, I was like, I don't know where I'm really going to go with that, oh, right, right, right. Um, so yeah, you know, infinite abundance, you know, that is all inside of you, you know, and being creative, you know, that's within you. So the shaman, just what that really calls you to do is just to pay attention to how you interact with the world, because that all of that power, it all of that abundance, all of that power, all of that creativity with respect to how you interact with the world, you know, in order to learn more about yourself and your gift and your gem that's all a choice. You know, shamanism or not shamanism, the shaman. Sorry. Um, I like try and consciously make sure I don't just like conflate the two. The shaman as an archetype is all about relationship. You know, it's all about how you want to develop these relationships, you know, with the world around you, you know? So do you want to develop a relationship with, you know, your unique gem? Do you want to develop a relationship with abundance? Do you want to develop a, re- a relationship, 
with, you know, source around you? Do you want to develop a relationship so that you have sacred spaces all around you? Do you want to develop a relationship with discernment? Do you want to develop your own unique relationship with creation, 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 creation? Um, It was actually, you know, one of those teachers I was talking about earlier that I heard for the first time that your relationship with creation is reflected everywhere. And that's where I just like took off. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, But yes, what kind of relationship do you have with your creativity? What kind of relationship do you have, you know, with just co-creation in general? What kind of relationship do you have as, you know, being a teacher and a student? It is the big interaction card, it is the big movement card, and it is the big relationship card. You know, so all of this is to say that what kind of relationships do you want to develop, you know, with the other energies in this spread? You know, the relationship also with your inner healer, you know, a relationship with the unseen, you know, what do you want? So, you know, with respect to the black moon, waxing moon, you know, whatever that moon is, you know, beginning and developing, you know, so since, you know, new moons, you know, for me, you know, personally, you know, again, you define the moon however you want, you can do whatever you want, okay? Um, In my practice, I have found that, you know, thus far, and, you know, things change all the time, you know, new moons, new beginnings, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and then waxing, you know, developing, you know, so that's not necessarily different from anybody else, but if you did have a different way of looking at it, I would encourage you to follow that and just ignore whatever I'm saying, but the new, the, the black moon, you know, really taking the time to, you know, decide what relationships you do want to develop and then, you know, nurturing them and watching them grow. All right. Now we can close out. So yeah, we're going to close out the same day that the same way that we came in. Um, again, take a couple of deep breaths, say thank you to all of the unseen forces, you know, the unseen. Now oh, that's how I got on that tangent. Yeah, all of this seen and unseen forces, even just thanking you for showing up today. Um, Thank you. Um, That's what we're going to do in this brief moment of silence. That sounded really serious. Yeah, we're just going to take a couple of deep breaths. All right. Thank you so, so much for sharing space today. I really enjoyed sharing space with you. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that would be so amazing. You know, that's really important for podcasts. Um, That would be, yeah, that would be great. I would really, really appreciate that. Otherwise, I will talk to you soon.